Welcome to the Tuesday night edition of Trice Talk. And it's actually going to be a Trice Talk slash mini pod night in the sense that um, I'm going to be doing a little bit longer show than I normally do with a mini pod, but yet it's going to be a lot shorter than I do or we do when it's a Trice Talk episode live. So now that I've said that, I'm going to have to explain that, um, of course, if you listen to Sunday night show, you realize that Dennis Lee was uh, out and uh, he took a little R&R with his family over the holiday weekend and he came back sick. So he's uh, recuperating. Uh, He'll be out uh, tonight, Tuesday night show, and again tomorrow night. Uh, for Wacky Wednesday, which means we won't have a Wacky Wednesday because it's kind of hard for me to be wacky by myself. Um, so it, it'll be probably another non-live night unless I can uh, drum up a co-host for me for tomorrow night. But um, there will be a show again tomorrow night, and it may be Sunday before he comes back. So I may have to uh, figure out something for the next three days. Anyway, uh, we hope he gets to feeling better, uh, recuperate. And um, like I said, I, I toyed with the idea of just doing a regular mini pod tonight. And then I started thinking about um, some of the things that I had seen today. And I, I kind of wanted to talk about a little more in depth about two particular articles that came to my attention today. And so I figured I need a little bit more time, but I will not be running. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm not going to do as long a show as we do when Dennis Lee and I are together. Aren't you glad? It's amazing to me how in the last few years has become okay in this country to just berate, uh, criticize, and I'm, I'm okay for criticism. I really hate to use criticism in, in this, in this, uh, uh, talk about criticism because I'm not really against people criticizing the country. Um, uh, even if I don't like what they say, they have a right to say it. The problem is, So many people talk about things, the bad things, but they don't ever talk about the good things. And if, if you honestly are living in this country and you do not believe that there, it's an amazing place to be living in this day and time in this world, then I don't know why in the hell you're here. I don't know why in the hell you continue to subject yourself to all of the evil that you seem to feel like that is a part of this country. Why you don't find uh, somewhere else to go live. Uh, I was watching uh, one of the shows a little bit earlier and they were doing a uh, on the street interview with, I, I guess it was, and I didn't catch the 
beginning of it, but I think they were doing an on the street uh, interview with uh, college kids, college age kids. And unfortunately, I only saw about two or three clips that were they were interviewing college age girls, young women, if you will. I'm not I don't know what what the hell phrase you're supposed to use today anymore, but I don't really care. Uh, so and they asked them and I think I saw three different groups and all three different groups. So the question was, um, are you shamed to be an American or are you proud to be American? I think that was, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. And each one of these three groups that they talked to, and I think there was like only one or two, two young women in each one of these groups. They said uh, they're not proud to be an American. And one of them did say, well, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm kind of proud, but, you know, and then another one said, no, I'm not proud. And I, I really, really don't like living here or I'm ashamed to live here. Well, the first thing that popped into my head, get the hell out. Of course, you're probably living on mom and dad's uh, dime anyway. So get mom and dad to send you to uh, North Korea or go live in China. Nike seems to think that China is a wonderful place to live. So go live in China or go live in Russia. Here's one. Go live in Iran. If you think your life sucks here, go live in Iran. So. I just, I, I find it hard to believe that somehow in the last, and I, th I really, I, I hate to go back to the Trump, the beginning of the Trump presidency all the time, but I really think that's when liberals lost their freaking mind and all of a sudden everything's fair in love and war, they say. And it's just become natural for people to criticize every thing in this country. Now we're criticizing history. And I'm not saying that we can't talk about history and we shouldn't criticize the ills, the bad things that this country did. There were a lot of things. But if you listen or if you paid attention to history when you were in school, every civilization around the globe, any major civilization anyway, has 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 done some bad things in their history. The United States does not have the market on doing bad things. But what they do have the market on is a concept of a country that has accomplished the things that we've accomplished in this country. And I'm, I'm not going to make this, this night about this whole thing, because it's just, when I saw the interview, this, it's like, you know, if, if this is the mindset of the youth today, and I, I, I wouldn't even begin to think that that represents the majority of the youth in this country, because I see plenty of examples of grounded youth that, actually believe that America is a wonderful place and they work towards making it an even better place. But I feel sorry for these young women who feel, or at least say they feel the way that they feel. So anyway, I got these two articles and the first one I saw, and keep in mind, I usually keep my uh, TV on uh, when I'm preparing for uh, one of the podcasts. And I also keep it on a lot of times during the podcast, just in case something pops up there that I can use to comment on during the show. Uh, it doesn't happen too often, but, um, you know, while Dennis Lee is doing his uh, shtick, I can sometimes look up and say, hey, I might rather talk about this than what I had on there to talk about. So I saw this first thing I'm going to um, talk about here on the Gutfeld Show. 
I don't know if any of you have ever watched Gutfeld. It comes on at 11 o'clock on Fox Eastern Time. And, of course, there's a lot of silly stuff on there. He does a lot of silly things, but it circles around to, uh, you know, serious topics. Um, and uh, he has uh, usually, I think, four other people in there ho- uh, co-hosting with him or getting into discussions with him or whatever you want to say. But anyway, one of them brought up tonight about um, <laughs> there was a story about an accusation that fireworks in general were racist. This is a story I think that came out uh, on Monday after, or it might've come out on Sunday. I'm not quite sure. I don't have a date on there, but um, anyway, I wasn't half paying attention, but when I heard that, I said, fireworks are racist. Oh boy. So I, I kind of, after it was just a short reference in the show. And so I had to look something up online. Uh, I was so intrigued. I I just had to see if there's a story floating around out there about fireworks being racist. Good God. What is not racist today? People. What is not band-aids are going to be right. I'm sure they are. Band-aids are racist. Um, Gosh, I don't know. So anyway, I I looked up the story and it seemed like the story originated from uh, a tweet by uh, the National Geographic site. Um, I guess some random people uh, have access to the National Geographic account tweet. Uh, And it's at Nat Geo. So, um, and, and while the story was covered by several different outlets, I call them hack outlets because, you know, if you can't get two sentences into something without, uh, some kind of exclamation that conservatives or white men are racist in this country. So I jumped around and I found one by one of my favorite sites. And yes, I pick it because it is a conservative site. If you listen to our show regularly, you know that a lot of times I will use something from CNN or MSNBC, just depending on, I mean, I'm not afraid to hear what they have to say, or I'm not afraid to share some of those opinions with you. But if everything that I read, if there's something in there about, you know, uh, white men being racist or all white men are being race are racist or conservatives are racist and, and they don't, don't care about the earth and all this other crap, then I can't, I cannot in all conscience continue with that. So this one, I, I settled on the one from uh, a site that I like to use and it's the Western journal and uh, my, uh, good friend who doesn't know that he's my friend, Mike Huckabee. He references a lot of articles on the Western journal as well. Uh, Mike Huckabee doesn't even know Tristalk exists, but I use a lot of his stuff. Uh, I, I like Mike Huckabee's stuff because he has a sense of humor and he usually intertwines that humor in with his stories. But the article is titled, The National Geographic Blast American Tradition, Fireworks are Racist. And it's an uh, article by Cameron Arcand, Arcand, um, dated July the 6th. And so I'll go through, it's a a fairly short article. Of course, it's like most of them. It has all kinds of pop-up ads. I'm hoping... Uh, I'll try not to click, uh, or as I move, scroll down, I'll try not to hit one of the ads so we don't have to listen to that, which happens to me sometimes, you know, on uh, Trice Talk with Dennis Lee. Starts out by saying the National Geographic is getting heated backlash for a tweet suggesting that fireworks on Independence Day have racial consequences. Yeah, it's got to, right? 
Scientists found that vulnerable people and communities of color are disproportionately exposed to air pollution from firework celebrations. That's they. That's what they tweeted out on Sunday. How often do you hear that word disproportionately when it involves communities of color? It's almost almost always accompanies any kind of article about communities of color. It's always using that word, that long word, disproportionately. All right. Attached to the tweet was a link to a piece titled The Hidden Troll, Troll, it could be a troll, Toll of July 4th Fireworks which examined how air quality is impacted by the holiday which celebrates the United States breaking off from the British Empire. I have to scroll down past all the stuff that they tack in here with this. Is it true that fireworks impact the air? Yes, of course they do. Is there a serious issue with air pollution in inner cities? Yes, there is. I'm assuming that's the author of this article making those statements. But for anyone who is familiar with the media's recent tactics, this is not the goal of the tweet and the published story. The objective of the piece is clear, to turn people against Independence Day tradition and ultimately celebrating the holiday altogether. This is not to discredit the research conducted, but rather to question the motives behind it. One day with a lot of fireworks is not solely responsible for the environmental issues in these communities, even though it fits in nicely with the left's overall angle. If they wanted to talk about the true reasons why air pollution is in these areas is is such a problem, National Geographic would write a piece about how failed urban leadership has perpetuated these problems for decades. Of course, that would result in putting the blame on Democrats, which they would not dare do. The tweet could also be interpreted as saying the communities of color do not celebrate Independence Day with fireworks, which is also a heaping generalization by the magazine. It's it's funny here. Uh, This is all intertwined with this article. There are some... Uh, response tweets to the original tweet by National Geographic and somebody called Royalty the King says, free I am, says in response to the National Geographic article, says, shut up already. We are here for the animal info, not your propaganda BS. Let your left wing rest a bit. It's not going to be exhausted. All right. So regardless of what social media says, Independence Day in the 21st century is for everyone in the country to celebrate the progress it has made over the time to achieve liberty and justice for all. Americans are incredibly polarized at this point in time, mostly because they find themselves forced to define themselves by immutable characteristics rather than how they treat others. Pieces like this only add to the dumpster fire of division and make no attempt at unifying the nation. We are committed to truth and accuracy in all of our journalism. And that is from our friend Cameron Arcand at um, the Western Journal. So, come on, folks. I kind of have to agree with this author, uh, the person who wrote this article with Cameron, if you will. I mean, I'm surprised they don't put in there that, uh, that buying fireworks is racist because they're so expensive 
people of color cannot afford to buy them. And if that's the case, then I'm surprised the government doesn't say, well, you know, this isn't fair. So we're going to either give you money so you can buy the fireworks. Are we going to purchase them and give them to you for free? But they don't seem to make an issue of the monetary problem. They want to make an issue of what the air pollution after, after the fireworks. I mean, they're they're, they do create smoke. Gunpowder does create smoke. I'm not quite sure how it's racist. I mean, for it to be racist, wouldn't ha- wouldn't it have to be a bunch of white people go over into uh, a neighborhood that is not white? a minority neighborhood. I don't know who is living in the neighborhood and shoot their fireworks off there. So all the smoke blows through that neighborhood instead of their own. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to find a reason why the smoke generated from the fireworks is a racial thing or it's such extreme air pollution that it, only affects neighborhoods of color. I'm not quite sure that the subdivision I live in, uh, they started a a thing last year of doing fireworks here since, uh, there were no public displays of fireworks because of COVID-19. So we, you know, a a bunch of uh, the fathers or a bunch of the, the people in the neighborhood got together and, uh, did use money from our, our, uh, till, and purchased them, and and we had a wonderful fireworks show that everybody in in our subdivision could come and watch. And I'm pretty sure uh, that smoke, uh, since it's so far up in the air, it, it dissipated before it actually drifted to anybody else's neighborhood. But of course, this year we did it again. And, uh, I mean, there was fireworks going off. I I heard them for a couple of hours. I talked about this on, on the mini pod the other night. So, um, a lot of people were doing it. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not following. I can, if you want to just make it an issue that it's an air pollution thing. Okay. So make an issue that is then your, in your opinion, it, it adds to air pollution. Uh, but to turn that into a racist comment as well is, is mind boggling for me. I don't know how to, I want to say some ugly words here and I'm not going to do it because <laughs> not that I, I don't do it in real life, but I don't do it on these podcasts. I try to control myself cause I don't want to, um, I don't want to offend anybody other than just maybe with the content. If you uh, are a liberal or a socialist or just a nut job altogether. So fireworks are racist because of the smoke created by the fireworks, which in turn adds to air pollution. Well, why aren't you mad at the freaking Chinese? Because that's where a lot of our fireworks come from. I won't say all of them as but uh, a lot of them come from China, but I, I guess nobody's boycotting China not to send their fireworks to the United States or other countries around the world either, like on New Year's when pretty much uh, a lot of countries celebrate New Year's. So there's probably a lot more fireworks going up in the air at that time than there are on our 4th of July celebration. So I don't know that that's, that's, that's probably all I'm going to talk about that because that's one of, one of the more stupid things that I've heard them, uh, tied to racism in a while. But again, if you want to make an issue about it because it's pollution, Fine. Air pollution, fine. But if you want to sit there and tie that 
and give it racist connotations, that that to me is insane. Goofy, as my dad would used to say. It's goofy. You know, there's a lot more other day-to-day issues that may occur in certain neighborhoods especially in, in uh, industrial cities where in industry is high. Um, there's a lot of, a lot more pollution factors. There's a lot more pollution factors in, in cities like New York and, and Chicago and Detroit, or even in Atlanta here, if you're down in Atlanta, uh, because we have our air quality issues in the summer as well, primarily in the summer because of, uh, of, you know, weather issues here in the summertime. But uh, you could make those. But does, so is traffic going to be a racist issue? So these people need to stop connecting the dots. Everything does not connect to racism. Everybody, everybody, you know, it's like you're saying that everybody shoots fireworks is doing it because they want to, the smoke to drift or create air quality problems for community, uh, minority communities. I mean, it's, that's about how stupid that is. So I'm, I kind of glad I saw that on Greg Gutfeld because that's just one more thing. I'm going to store in this, this, uh, vault of mine about the insanity of this racism issue that people are just, they pull that word out of their, pocket for almost every freaking thing that they issue that they want to raise in this country. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. And if you really, if you're really paying attention, I mean, in one hand, it's probably a smart move for liberals and the socialist because the more they press on this racism button, the more they try to divide the races in this country, not just white and black. Oh, they're going to, they're working on the Hispanic. They're working on the Oriental as well. They're, they want to, they want that wedge to be wide, but they want to divide people in this country. They want people not to like each other in this country. They want people uh, not to trust each other in this country. Why? Because then we'll want them to step in and fix things. Big brother. Ask yourself, how many things have they fixed in the last 40 years in this country? I mean, really, folks, they've been working on racism since the 60s, since the mid-60s. And you mean to tell me that, that though they're, and I'm talking about from the government end, the government angle, not in society as a whole, because I think there's no argument that things have changed drastically in this country, socially. between the races in this country. You cannot say that it hasn't. Does that mean every person experiences the same in this country? No, it does not. But as a whole, but my point here is they've had since the 60s, since Lyndon Johnson and his New Deal, and they were going to fix everything and make everything, you know, uh, a level playing field. But how much has the government actually done that's actually been effective in this country? Most of the progress, I would say, that's been made between uh, racial equality in this country has been on the social level with us doing it ourselves, with people being people the good people in this country that want to get along with everybody else that, that care about everybody else because we're all Americans. 
that's where the progress has been made. People's attitudes have changed. I would argue, I would like to see the proof of how much difference what the government has done, quote, since the 60s, that has really made life that much better in this country in respect to um, the racial divide. I think good people like each other. Good people want to be good to each other. And they want all the same thing. We all want the same thing, basically. We want a place where we can raise our families and have and and enjoy the fruits of our own labors. We don't really want handouts. We don't want people taking care of us. We want to be left alone so we can take care of ourselves. There may be times when a little help is necessary. But not not as a way of life all of your life. Racism. Let's see what the next example of racism is in this country. I'm sure it'll be something soon. Let's see, what's the next holiday? Labor Day? Eh, I don't know if they can tie anything to that, but you can guarantee that something will be coming up by Thanksgiving that Thanksgiving is a racist holiday, or we shouldn't be supporting it because, as we know, the pilgrims were racist people. All right, so the next thing, the next thing that I had that I wanted to talk about was, um, it was an article, I saw an article, and I also saw it on the news as well. I mean, I always get the little teasers on the news. And then that makes me go uh, look it up and, and see what it's about, what the whole story is about. But it seems like uh, the, the Democrat representative, uh, the Congresswoman Cori Bush from Missouri has uh, stuck her foot in her mouth again. Some people would say, and other people say, oh, she's just speaking her mind. But this is an article in Newsweek from today. And uh, the title of the article is Fierce Backlash After Representative Bush Claims Black People Still Aren't Free in the U.S. This is an article by Jeremy Frankel. Frankel? Yeah. This was actually published on uh, or posted on uh, Sunday on the 4th of July. And uh, so let me go through this. I think it has a bunch of it has a bunch of pop ups in there, too. Oh, joy. So it says Congresswoman and squad member Corey Bush. Democrat from Missouri is facing backlash for her 4th of July tweet claiming America's only free for white people. (laughs) Of course, right? When they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this, the freedom they're referring to is for white people. She tweeted on Sunday, this land is stolen land and black people still aren't free. All right. So most of what is contained in this article is people responding to that, but let's go down through here. Podcast host Daryl B. Harrison, the Dean of Social Media at Grace to You, not actually heard of that one before, slammed Bush as an angry black woman, a very angry black woman whose anger is eating her alive from the inside out. 
I pity her because the freedom she seeks is not the freedom she needs, he said. As such, freedom will continue to evade her as long as she carries that anger within her heart. Fox News contributor and civil rights attorney Leo Terrell. Yay, Leo. I I love Leo. If you ever watch Fox, and maybe some of you don't, but uh, Leo Terrell is on there. He's a civil rights attorney, and I've talked about him before, but I'm going to talk about him for a minute here again as well, in case you've never heard me say this. But uh, I used to see him mostly on Sean Hannity, but he has been seen on other shows now uh, in the last year. Uh, When Donald Trump was first elected president, Leo Terrell was on there quite a bit criticizing Donald Trump. And I'm talking about 2017, 2018, early. And it's funny, you know, they usually put Leo on there with somebody else uh, that was a pro-conservative. And Leo would get all fired up when he was in discussions about Donald Trump and some of the things that Donald Trump had done, but usually it was about, and best of my memory, it was about Donald Trump uh, and things that he said, some of the goofy things that came across, you know, and, and some of the statements he made to the press or some of his tweets. But somewhere about halfway through Donald Trump's uh, presidency, Leo Trell, who staunch Democrat, everything that he said was pro-Democrat. He started making a change. And he explains why. If you listen to him sometimes when he's on uh, Sean Hannity's show, uh, sometimes he's on Tucker Carlson, sometimes Laura Ingram, and sometimes you'll see him on during the daytime as well on, on some other shows. But he explains uh, when he has the opportunity what happened for him. And he says what happened was he saw the differences in the policies that Donald Trump pushed and the things that were happening in the uh, communities of color and the minority communities Uh, the changes and the opportunities that were being given. He saw the the advancements that were made in jobs and incomes of minorities in this country. And he just, I think he said he had an epiphany that, you know, these things work. These things work. And the things the Democrats have been doing for years and years and years don't. And so ever since then, and I think that was somewhere in 2018, I believe, um, maybe it was 20 early 2019, but you know, then he is a staunch, he's, he, he claims he's converted to, and now he's a Republican and he, he speaks very, uh, badly about Democrat, uh, policies and liberal policies in Washington and, and even in the states that they're just designed to really keep people under control, not to ever really let them have all that much, but just to make them give them the feeling that they are making progress. So every time I, I see Leo Trail, it's like, you know, if if more people could just have that same epiphany that Leo Terrell had, if more Democrats could see that, instead of just focusing as during Donald Trump's time just on those character flaws that he had, that that you know, I most of us, most of us conservatives, even though we supported his policies, quite often had problems with some of the things that he said in the way that he said it and wished that he hadn't said it. But, um, so anyway, that's Leo trail. <laughs> I didn't mean to get uh, sidetracked on Leo trail, but I just, if you know why I get excited when I say his name, when he talks about things, it's because to take somebody that was such a staunch Democrat, when I first 
became aware of him and to see that transformation and to see him, you know, now be uh, a wonderful voice for the conservative cause in this country is, is truly a, a good feeling for me. But anyway, Leo Terrell responded to Bush by telling his followers on Twitter, do not respond to this idiot. She just wants attention. She hates herself. All right. Former GOP congressional candidate Kimberly Klasik tweeted, I could say something rude, but I think it's best to make sure we have someone running against her and ensure that individual has our full support along with access to every resource necessary to take her seat in 2022. Former Trump spoke trunk <laughs> former Trump spokeswoman Katrina Pearson responded, apparently history continues to escape black Democrats who have probably never heard of Crispus Attucks. But then these are the same people that continue to be and vote for Democrats who marginalize, compartmentalize, and victimize minorities in this country, then complain. Writer Thomas Chatterton Williams posted a Twitter thread which read, I'm a 40-year-old American descendant of slaves. The year is 2021, and I have been free my entire life. Another thought? Who is the they in this construction? The implication is that black people and presumably other non-whites uniformly feel alienated from such notions of freedom. This would shock Ralph Ellison, Albert Murray, Stanley Crouch, and countless anonymous others. So, like I said, that was a fairly short article there. Um, you know, I, I have my own feelings about the squad and we talk, uh, used to talk about AOC quite a bit, although we haven't had to talk about her as much. She hasn't been the main topic of conversation, uh, in quite some time here on Tristalk. It's not that she doesn't say stupid crap, but there's so many other people saying stupid crap. It's hard to focus on AOC all the time, but yeah, this, uh, this, I, I don't, you know, I, and I shouldn't be surprised by these stupid ass statements that some supposedly educated people are making. I mean, we assume that if you can, uh, get yourself elected to Congress. If you can get yourself elected to the House of Representatives or the Senate or the governor of a state or the, even the, the legislative bodies of the individual states. And I'd like to say mayor, but, uh, you know, we know from experience, even around here in Georgia, there's been some dumbass people elected to be mayors of, of cities. So, but then there's some good ones too. But you think that these people that get elected to office, that they should be at least average intelligence. So how could someone with average intelligence make a comment that black people still aren't free in the U S and, and here's the problem that most liberals that I, I see when they make these statements, that's all they do is they make statements. They make a statement like that, but there's nothing, there's no context or there's no facts in there to say why you feel that way. Come on, representative Corey Bush. Well, what do you mean by that? And, and you know, if we had, if we had legitimate news coverage in this country, by other networks besides Fox and Newsmax and some of these other independent ones, these smaller independent ones across the country, you would never see anything but this crap 
that comes across the mainstream media and and the old standards like CNN. And you know, and I've said this before. There was a time when I moved to Atlanta, CNN was uh, just getting off the ground, and I enjoyed watching CNN. And I, I don't, I don't really remember them uh, uh, being so savage against conservatives back in in those days. Maybe there wasn't as much money in it, and maybe there was, uh, you know, there was other things I had to complain about. But nobody presses. You know, somebody, these people, uh, reporters are, are, ought to be all over Cory Bush and say, so Representative Bush, what do you mean? What do you mean? How, how, how do you make that statement? Why do you think that black people still aren't free in the U.S.? I mean, what's the context of that? But they don't. They run with the little statement I've seen it uh, as I've watched occasionally, I force myself to watch CNN uh, or I watch the clips that they play from CNN and these things, these people sit there and say the same thing. They make these statements that, you know, blacks aren't free in this country or uh all whites are racist or whites have to accept the fact that they're racist or they have racist roots or they have racist undertones or their subconscious is racist. Who in the, who in the world can prove that? What survey, what study did that? What did they go to a Klan rally and ask 50 people how they felt about people of other colors, and then that's how they determine that all white men in this country are racist. But they never give you facts. They never go down through there. Just like this crap with the insurrection in the Capitol. I'm so sick of hearing about that that story. It's up and at them again. And, um, but they don't give you any facts. They don't let us see the tapes. And you know, there's tapes of what went on inside that building on January the 6th. And it should be available to the public. I mean, you can't really say that there's anything of, uh, uh, Nash, uh, what do what do they call it? National interest, or um, uh, anyway, where where they have an excuse not to show you the evidence that they have because you know it might compromise the national interest of the country. Well, I can't imagine there's anything that went on in that building that day that would compromise uh, national interest, except that it would help. People understand when it went on, and I don't care. You know, if it shed if it sheds bad light on everybody that entered the building that day, that's fine. Let it be, but show it. And the fact that you don't show it, when when the whole point that you're making is is it was an insurrection, it was an attempt to overthrow the government. What some of these maniacs, morons say on their newscast. But then they won't let you see any of the evidence that if it's there, it either supports their their claim or it doesn't. Or it dilutes their claim. And we have to believe that it dilutes their claim because they don't want to share it with us. Who shot Ashley Babbitt? Why is it that we can't, and every other shooting in this country, the name of the person who shoots the per, uh, the, uh, the the victim, we know who they are, except in this case. And why is it 
they're trying to protect them? Well, if you shoot and kill somebody, every other case we've ever seen, there's, there's typically a trial, evidence presented. But we don't know anything more about it, except that they'll say, you know, well, you know, she was an insurrectionist. She shouldn't have been trying to break into the building. So the point is, they never give you any backup. They never give you any facts. They just make these claims, and it floats around the country. Well, sorry about that. <laughs> Pop-ups. Jeez. Uh, they make the claims, and it'll float around the country, and all these sponge-headed liberals and Democrats who believe everything that comes out of the mouth of people like Cori Bush or some of these hacks on CNN, they take it as true without any supporting evidence or facts at all. And I can tell Miss Bush that um, in my walk through life, I encounter a lot of people and um, I think there'd be a lot of people that I know that would argue with her and the point she's trying to make. Where's the proof? Come on. Give us some statistics. I don't think you can do that. All right. Um, I, there was one other thing I was going to do, but I'm not going to do it now because really it, it, uh, it made reference in here. And, and when I first saw it, I, I let me go back to, um, uh, this Katrina Pearson that made a comment says, uh, apparently history continues to escape black Democrats who have probably never heard of Crispus Attucks. Uh, I didn't, I'd never heard of Crispus Attucks. I didn't know, have any idea who that was, but I, I may do that on a mini pod Friday night. Um, it's kind of a interesting story and, and I, I feel bad that I had never heard it before. But uh, it's it's I think it's an interesting story as well, and it's there's some good points to that story, uh, although I don't know that it fits in the context of what she's saying there, Katrina. Excuse me, Katrina. <laughs> well, Katrina uh, is referencing Crispus Attucks as somebody that. Uh, could dispute what Cori Bush is trying to say here, but I don't think one person is enough to do that. I think it needs a, a lot larger uh, reference points than that. But Crispus Attucks is a good story, and I'm going to uh, share that with you probably on Friday night because I think it's something uh, that I missed in my history class, and I think it's important for a number of reasons, which you will see if you uh, listen to the podcast that I do on Friday night. All right. I'm looking for my closing thought here. Hopefully again, uh, Dennis Lee will be back for Sunday night. We'll be back on live. Uh, and if I can find a co-host for Thursday night, I may, uh, I may do a live show on Thursday as well. and try to make up a little time. There's a lot going on. Let's see, by Thursday, we'll probably have um, the tropical storm uh, will be close to us. I think it's supposed to come through. Well, it, if it goes all the way over to the Atlantic, then uh, it'll it'll have a, 
a different kind of impact on Georgia and the East Coast. I don't think I can. All right. When I saw it last time, it was approaching Tampa. And I think when it hits Tampa, it's supposed to cross over. Uh, I hadn't made landfall yet. And it looks like it's, I can't tell where it is. There's some, yeah, yeah, it's near Tampa St. Pete. So we may have some effects from that over the weekend here in Georgia and uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. So anyway, I'll try to see if we can get a live up and running for Thursday night. My closing thought for tonight is um, it's a short one. Oh, yeah, another thing. I'm going to just one more quick note. Uh, there's been some controversy. I, I think we talked about it last week. Um, do, 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 I can't remember the Olympian's name at the moment. But I've seen a number of complaints. Uh, I started looking online about a number of complaints about the national anthem. And everybody that's complaining about it is making reference to the to the third stanza of, uh, I think that's the proper name for it, uh, references to slaves in that third stanza. And uh, I'm going to do a little research on that. I have it here and I see it, but, you know, the way that they phrase things at the time the national anthem was written and so forth, sometimes it's, I find it a little bit hard to decipher the meaning of what I'm reading because of the way that it's written. So I'm going to do a little research on that and see if I can uh, clarify whether that third stanza is actually a racist statement or not. Uh, they're saying that uh, Francis Scott Key actually owned some slaves, so uh, they feel pretty sure that uh, this was a racist uh, uh portion of the national anthem, which is the reason a lot of people uh, seem to be pushing back against it. And the odd thing for me is I had never, I probably had seen the whole thing at some time written, but never in my life have I ever sang more than, or heard more than one stanza of the song uh, at, a, at a gathering. So um, I, I'm really surprised that somebody read all the way down through this thing and found something they didn't like. But um, I'll be covering that either on Friday or Saturday once I can get a little bit of, I want to get a an expert opinion on the meaning or the proposed meaning of that particular stanza. All right, so the closing thought for tonight is Our flag, our flag does not fly because the wind moves it. It flies with the last breath of each soldier who died protecting it. You remember reading in history where in battle that it was a common practice that if the the flag bearers were shot if possible you know they would they would try to hold on and keep the flag from touching the ground until the next person could come up and grab it from them and then they would fall to the ground and most often die the flag was a symbol the flag is a symbol of this country. And there's a lot of people that want to change that too. I appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast tonight. And again, I apologize that we're not able to do the live, but uh, hopefully soon we'll be back. Cutting up on air. 
Thanks again for listening to this um, longer version of Minipod, shorter version of Trice Talk Live. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you.